Welcome back to the PG D&D Podcast. Jefferson Beatty, I'm your host and Dungeon Master, joined by... I'm Zane Carraway, I play Theseus. I'm Matt Beatty, I play Adolphus the Great. Tyson, I play Alondros. Jay, I play Colossa. Connor, I play Kala. Alright, last week, you continued the sea battle with the ship The End ramming into you. Baxor and a large Minotaur by the name of Gore then boarded your ship and began fighting. Gore landed near where Theseus was, but giving a reassuring nod, completely ignored him and attacked Adelphos. Theseus turned the ballista, fused with a Mogus smite, onto the Minotaur, and the smite dissipated. So Theseus then decided to take the fight to the other ship, alone. Thalassa tried to escape by misty stepping to the top of the mast, failing and falling, almost getting captured by Baxter right away, which Cowan quickly got to the aid team. After some serious fighting on both ships, everybody seriously injured, Callan taking jabs at his once best friend, Theseus taking on a ballista and several crew members on his own, and Adelphos nearly being defeated by the Minotaur, Adelphos cried for help from Theseus, which Theseus then immediately responded to. In doing so, he tried to smite the Minotaur and didn't have any power. So he then prayed to Iroas, the enemy god of Mojus, for power to smite, and nothing happened. Callan eventually defeated Baxor, <clears throat> right as the Minotaur felled Theseus. And it was then that the end began to pull away from your ship, the Valiant, and begin its, uh, its course back home. Just as the Minotaur was leaving, Adelphos lopped off his good horn as a token and a demoralizing gesture, and then quickly went to um, Theseus's aid, giving him a health potion to bring him full health. Only a couple crew members from the obtainer, which was left burning, still attached by a, a harpoon to your ship, made it onto yours before you finally detached. And as the sun set, began their course again with the burning ship on the horizon. So, right now, where we're at, the, the sun is setting, and the thick black plumes of smoke rising into the air from the obtainer, which you can see, is beginning to sink a little more swiftly than it was before. It should be gone in a matter of hours. Theseus, you were in the arms of Adelphos, who just used a health potion to bring you back, and Callan, you are, are leaning over Baxter's body. You just said, we want more information. On the girl, and if you want to find care, look for Olympus. I will reach down and close his eyes and start going through his pocket looking for any information. Roll investigation check. Ooh, that's good. Natural one. It's a total of one. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so you go through his pockets and you are able to find. Hit stone. 
That's what we call it. Mm -hmm. One of the um, small palm-shaped, palm-sized flat stones with the overseers and the lost symbol etched into it. The green, the blue ring with a colorless hand. Other than that, you're not really able to find anything. Yeah, it's very faint. Um, partway through, I think I would just become so emotional that I just kind of stand up in a rage and start walking towards the back of the ship. Um, I would definitely walk over to um, Theseus and Delco just to make sure everybody is okay. There we go. <coughs> it wasn't turned up all the way. Like the, the gain wasn't turned up, so it wasn't picking up a lot. Oh, okay. And you can tell by the way the waves oh, look on the device. Do we need to restart? I think we're fine because we can just up the volume. We'll just up okay. the volume of that section. So. That's not too hard. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was only like six minutes. And I can only tell because like Shay's like waves were so small. I was like, what the heck? But that's why. Um, we say that again, Shay. I was distracted by the volume. You're fine. I would go over to um, Theseus and Adelphos to make sure everybody is okay. They both look very hurt. Very very hurt. Um, what a lie. But alive. Adelphos is on his knees, and again, he's got Theseus kind of clinging to life on his lap, um, just being brought back from unconsciousness. And you can tell that Theseus is has been hurt very badly by this great axe that the Minotaur was using. And you can see Adelphos is hurt very badly, too. He's got a large wound in his side where the, the horn of the Minotaur had gored him. So they're both pretty worse for wear. Hey, how you doing? <coughs> Off of blood? Both of you, Is like, that our response? Yeah, we're just like, <laughs> yeah. Apparently better than both of you. Yeah. I can see that. Oh, I saw you took a pretty nasty fall from that mast. I'm fine. But do you need some help? Um, no, I'm fine. I have some health potions. Um, thanks, though. They'll probably need it more. Is Theseus responding? Yeah, he's conscious. And then I would just continue to kind of make the rounds, making sure people are okay. Um, as you walk around the ship, um, a lot of the crew are injured. Um, not too severe, mostly just basic battle wounds that would never happen, right? Mm -hmm. But when you, as said before, you do find out that two of the crew are dead. And you see Iodorna, who is captain of the ship, kind of comes to you, Alondros, and she says, she leans in. She says, well, I uh, don't know what to make of that fight. I've heard of encounters with the Overseers of the Lost, but never did I dream that we'd be pursued by the Obtainer of the End. I'm surprised we held them off. Well, the, the crew did, did well, and your steering was, was admirable. My team also, we've, we've ran into them once or twice, and it was good to have Callan, who knew their tactics. That was a definite help. It was. And it saved our lives. Now, there's a little bit of damage done to the ship itself. Um, a small fire that was put out on our left side, and of course we were rammed by the end. Basilios and his carpenter's mate are down there now, patching up what they can. I don't fear that we're going to sink, but 
Maybe a bit of slow going for the next couple days. Do we need to make port at an island? Or it's hard to tell. Of course, making port would, would aid in the speed of the, the repairs, but given our mission, I think we could do fine at sea for now. And then the next island we stop at, we fell a tree or two and use that as make up for the extra supplies that we lost. Okay, well, keep us, keep us posted on the repairs. Let us know when you're ready to make way and give us heading. Right now, I think the crew will patch themselves up rest for a little bit. We should be ready by early morning to set sail. Okay. Is that alright if we stay idle for for that long? Yes, I, I believe that's fine being that we just survived this and we it seems like we are in a safe place. So She then starts to give orders to drop the anchor and essentially for the crew to rest. And you hear just sort of an uh, overall agreeance of relief. They've been rowing hard for for 24 hours and just fought a hard battle. Calvin, just, you just went down into the... No, I'm essentially just like standing right towards the, the back of the ship. Well, I, seeing that I just um, witnessed um, Callan go through all of this, I'm just going to kind of go join... Just go stand up by him and just kind of stand there and just like lean over the railing and kind of say like, how are you doing? I uh, look over at Alandros and with tears streaming down my face, I barely muster the words. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry for putting you all in danger. I don't know what to say. I don't think anyone holds ill will towards you because of this. We all would march into battle against an army twice the size for any of these people that we've come to know as, as family. You know, each of us have our faults, and I don't think anyone holds it against you. I've always thought that I had found a family with the overseers and... Even though I wasn't a good person, I felt that I was at least honest. And then I ran into this group of complete strangers, being you all, and I have realized that I am not that great of a person. I just murdered my best friend for a girl that I met months ago, and yet somehow a small piece of me feels at peace about it. I know I'll be okay. I just feel lost. And I just sit there twiddling the pit stone. Not knowing what else to say. So I'm gonna... I kind of sit for a little bit in pause and... Then I turn to Callan and I say, I can't imagine what you're going through, but what we've gone through as a group in these last few days is more than any anyone should ever need have to go through. But we're there for one another, and 
as Alondros is, I can tell, looking for the right words. With tears in my eyes and a little bit of shame and just complete humility, I ask him, can I have a hug? Kind of surprised, I, I look at him and immediately just open up my arms and say, Yes. I don't say anything. I just embrace him in the tightest hug and just hold him for a couple minutes. It having been a long time since I've had a hug from a real friend. And and as we're hugging, um, I I start or Alondros starts to tear up and he says, "Well, if you've done one thing, you've made me speechless for the first time in my life." As I kind of pat your back. <laughs> I chuckle and just hold him tighter. Okay, both of you get inspiration for that conversation. Uh, Adelphos and Theseus. Colossa just come by and asked you how you were. You see this this 14-inch long <clears throat> bull's horn laying on the deck in front of you. I pick up the horn. And I, like, stuff it in my bag, I assume, when I have a bag. Yep. As you open up your bag to put the horn in, you see again the black rose. Mm-hmm. Um, I stuff it in my backpack, and I, like, pause for a minute, and I just kind of s- kneel and think. And I turn to Theseus, and I say, What you did for me... It's probably the hardest thing you've had to do in a while. And, I mean, I don't expect anything from you, even words, for right now. But I just want you to know that in that moment, I didn't trust anybody except you. And then I get up and walk away. The Adelphos? You get an inspiration as well. Sweet. As I hear this from Adelphos, I take it in. Just glossed over. So much has happened. Just aimlessly walk around and just look at the ocean. As you do, decide to walk to the front of the ship. Where do you walk to on the ship? Aimlessly. Okay. Um, not to you, a specific spot. Well, just... you, you find your way, given where the crew's at and, and them attending to their wounds and things like that, you find yourself at the front of the ship. Mm-hmm. And the ship is pointing towards the obtainer, which is now almost three quarters underwater. And what remains is still burning. And you see the sun on the horizon is nearly dipped beyond the, the sea line. And you can see the stars of Nyx, the beautiful, ever-changing, nebula-like stars above you begin to shine. And you feel empty. You have zero favor with any gods. And I'm sorry, Theseus, but you have lost all of your piety with Mojus. And in this moment, you feel completely and utterly alone. And as you see people begin to tend to their wounds and, and prepare to be made to the ship, you see that crew members are actually pulling in wreckage that had floated off of the obtainer as it was sinking and pull it closer to the ship. 
And you can see they begin to lay the dead bodies of the two crew that died, Baxor, and the other dead bodies of the obtainer crew in the ocean onto these this wreckage. They sort of make makeshift rafts. And you would know what they are doing is they're making um, rafts that they can send out and burn, as is tradition, oftentimes in Theros, to, to burn bodies that have passed. But especially on a ship, it's impractical to keep bodies burning. And so you see they begin to make various size rafts out of broken oars and planks and splintered wood and sort of just this mod podge of, of anything that is left floating and undamaged from the obtainer and begin to set these bodies on these makeshift rafts. I want to take Baxter's body before they send it off. Okay. So you, you see a couple crew members are grabbing, sort of like haphazardly just grabbing his body to, to lay it on this. I think in a way there's like this is these this was my enemy they attacked us like you know we really don't care but just whatever, and you go up and you and you stop them, and they say what, why, I mean we're getting rid of the dead sending them off. I'll take care of this one. Are you sure? Many hands make light work. I'll take care of this one. And you see they catch Idor's eye from the stern castle looking down at them and they look at you and they slowly nod and say aye aye yes, yes sir thank you and they lay Baxter's body down and go collect the rest so are you planning to send it out with the rest or on its own no I want to do it on its own okay so you see they begin to push off as as the what's left of the obtainer does begin to sink and a few pieces stay afloat and aflame they do push these bodies off on these makeshift rafts, and you see Rexenor um, pulls out his longbow and, and lights a few arrows aflame, and once they're 50 yards out, looses a few different arrows, and they arc and land on the rafts and set those bodies aflame. Did you send him... Um... I was distracted by nope, a did I, you, you didn't send his out? No. I um, I'm not going to let him do it. Okay. I'm going to cast Major Image. Uh, what do you... This is your part. What do you say when you cast this spell? I actually play a song. Okay. Um, and it's kind of a melancholy, slow song on my um, lute. Okay. So you see, as you begin to play this this lute, the music that you're playing almost begins to, to send off this faint blue aura that lifts into Nyx. And rather than you creating an image, I'm going to say that you almost enhance what's happening in the night sky above these bodies. And you see, almost made out of these stars and nebula-like constructions, simple images of, of a mighty battle taking place and the dead being honored and you see them being welcomed in the underworld by others who have died in an honorable way like that. And is that okay? No, that's way better. Okay. Nope. <laughs> and um, and you see the, the crew is just enthralled with this, um, just playing on, on the belief that though they are dead, that they are still going to be honorable and continue fighting in the underworld, where they can continue their companionship while also fighting down the enemy. And as the fires begin to dwindle, the light show of Major Image just fades slowly into the night sky as if 
it had never even happened. Okay, for Baxter's body, can I find <laughs> something on the ship that would be heavy enough to weigh him down? Yeah. If right. not, I'll just start literally throwing stuff and tying it onto him from my pack. It's up to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, <clears throat> because you bought extra supplies, that would include extra almost everything for the ship, just in case, which would include some heavy chain that connects to the anchor. Um, um, I want to, when I, when my blood <coughs> touches the hit stone, it lights up, right? It doesn't light up, but it fills the, the palm red. If I made a tiny incision on his thumb, could I make enough blood come out? Yeah. I want to get his blood on his thumb, uh-huh. and I want to make an incision on my thumb. Okay. And then I want to push both of them onto the hit stone. Okay. And make like a heart. Okay. And then I'll put that in my bag. Okay. I want to tie my rope onto the back of the ship. Okay. And then with him, I want to jump into the water. And as I hit the water, I'll let him go. And I'll just watch him sink down out of my... That doesn't take long because it is dark. And as you get to the side of the ship, bearing Baxter's body, you wrapped him in some extra sail as well so that he's actually in a, in a, in a bag rather than just a loose body. And then in that bag, you did put the chains, so okay. the whole package will sink. Okay. And you see, as you tie your rope to the to the stern of the ship, Idorna, as you begin to put your leg up on the railing, says, "What, Callum? What are you doing?" Saying one last goodbye to my friend, sending him back to where this all began. You see a, a look. Of understanding comes across her face, and she just kind of nods her head. And you, I'll be back. And if I'm not, then keep going. Put your foot on the railing, and you hop off. Yep. You splash into the water, and and with him you sink down about fifty feet. There's still limited visibility. With your dark vision, you can see a little better. Um, and as you let him go, he slowly drifts out and downward, and in a matter of seconds it fades into black I'll just sit there for maybe 10 seconds and then start to make my way back up okay untie my rope put it away and through all of this everything that's going on with the funerals and things like that Velasa what are you doing um I actually caught a glimpse of what Callan was doing and kind of respectfully watched from a distance mm-hmm. um, closer to the, the mast gotcha. over the side um, and just kind of notice and take the things in of what Callan was doing. Sure. It gets later in the evening and the crew begins to rest. Several of them go below decks where the cargo is to sleep down there in their hammocks that they hang, and you see others sleep atop the deck itself, under the night sky. The water is relatively calm, and the reflection of Nyx <clears throat> reflects in the ocean itself. And it almost, almost appears that the ship is floating through Nyx. But then a slight breeze, or a small current will come, and and ruin that reflection. It is peaceful, but almost eerie. The stillness of it is. 
Is there anything else any of you would like to do before the night ends and we begin in the morning? Nope, I'm going. Talon is going straight to bed. He does not have the emotional capacity for anything else today. I. <coughs> unless anybody tries to stop him. I would probably. Knowing that things were kind of somber before, I would maybe start playing something happy and maybe see if we get some drinks going or something. Just kind of lighten the mood a little bit, celebrate the battle, yeah. the win, kind, and, of, kind of a thing, you know. And Idor sees what you're doing and, and goes and gets a couple kegs of, of um, wine and, and brings it up. And, and there are some sailors that choose not to partake. Um, it's a pretty serious battle. Pretty serious day. Others are happy at the relief of of a drink to relax, and probably a group of about ten people sort of are gathered around you, um, wherever you are on the ship. I don't know, just kind of near the mast. Yeah, near the middle of the ship. And you're kind of sitting there back against the mast, playing like more of like fun drinking songs. And yeah. you see yeah, some of them are reminiscing and clinking their cups and talking about, oh, did you see how? That one guy tried to board the ship, but I cut his line quickly, like a grappling hook, you know. And did you see how, you know, I, they almost had me, but, but you know, Suvius here came and tackled him away. And, oh, like, lamenting about the two that were lost and how their good deeds, say, you know, it really didn't, but, like, saved the entire ship. And how if they hadn't had sacrificed themselves, the whole ship would be aflame. Sort of as old sailors do, mm-hmm. spinning... Because most of these are, are are all you paid for an experience crew. Most of them are all older, been been through battle or two, and and yeah, you do that until until. I definitely would join in with the dancing and things. Yeah, and for what it's worth, it's it's a song of rest. Sweet. <laughs> I assume you guys are going to be taking a long rest yeah. after, so I'm yeah. not worried about hit points for you guys right now. <clears throat> Is there anything else anybody would like to do before they sleep? Um, I'm gonna go down and try talk. And try to talk to Callan. Okay. Before he goes to sleep. Okay. So you see Callan come up from the back of the ship. He was in the water. And you see him gather his things and then go below decks. Mm-hmm. You follow him down and you see him kind of making ready his spot, I assume, in a, as much of a corner as you can yep. get to at the bottom of the ship, sort of distancing yourself from the other crewmates. Yeah. Maybe behind a couple of crates of supplies so that you don't... Um, Interact with many people. I just walk up and I just say, man, what a battle it was today, wasn't it? Yes, I'm going to be honest. I'm surprised we're all alive. Even being a gladiator, I was used to taking lives and I was used to taking risks. and Worried about going to sleep at night and having nightmares about having to go back another day and surviving. And But today, I've never been so scared in my entire life. It's like every time we get into battle, the further from home I feel. And when I pick, when I think family, I can't see my mother's face, but I see you guys. I'm just glad we're alive. I'm glad you're alive as well. I saw all of that go down with Theseus and him. Would I have? I know I was like facing towards the back. Just, there's a lot going on. I spent yeah. you pretty involved with your battle. Figured as much. I'm, you might have heard the cry. 
of like thesis helped me. Yeah. And then obviously you saw the end result, which was thesis was unconscious. Minotaur escaped. Other than that, you does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it's can, like I have pieces of it, but correct. I was yeah. very heavily involved. That makes correct. sense. Um I heard you cry out Theseus. You have a, a kinship with him. Or a connection of some kind. Unless I'm misspeaking. Um, this is like it's the closest I've ever had to a brother. I wouldn't know I mean made friends with people in the arena, but next day it'll be the, it'll be the strongest to come out. Um, I was being, um, I didn't know what to do in that moment. Um, he's the only one I honestly could trust. And if I ever needed someone to save my life, I'd go to him first. I'm assuming Gore almost took you out. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Cut off his horn. You did. It's a good one. Do you have it? They should name him Stumpy now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Talon actually lets out a chuckle. (coughs) Having known Gore and worked beside him, and can imagine how immensely frustrated and livid (coughs) that Minotaur Um, is right now. I pull it out, and I hand it to him. Wow. Yeah. You didn't even get an inch or two, you... You practically took his whole horn. Yeah. He's gonna come back for you. you oh, know? I, I know. I'll, I'm ready. Adelphos, you continually surprise me with your simple way of living. It's honestly inspiring. Thanks, Well, You're a good man. I thanks. hand him his horn back. I take it, put it in my backpack, and say, well, I, uh, grew, growing up in such a ruthless environment, I just want to Take a break from the world, you know? Maybe one day it'll happen. Yes, who knows? This, uh, life is always full of mysteries and surprises. Definitely learned that today. Yes. Well, um, prob- or... Before you go, mm-hmm. I can imagine that if Theseus came to your aid, which from the sounds of it he did, I'm sure that his god is very unhappy with him right now. He's going to need a good man to just love him. I know what it feels like to be lost. I'm currently going through that myself and not knowing who I am. And I might be speaking out of turn, but you needed him today. He's going to need you tomorrow. Thanks, Callum. You're welcome. Good night, Adolphos. Good night. I'll probably go back up on top and then have a few drinks and then just sit by myself. Okay. As you sit by yourself <coughs> and take out this trophy that you took from the Minotaur, you get a spark of inspiration. Not not physical inspiration. You already got that. <laughs> um, but you feel like you could, instead of just having this as a trophy of a victory, you could turn this into an actual horn. That when sounded in battle could strike fear in the hearts of of even of even the fiercest minotaurs, but it'll take time, and you have to be steady at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
That is awesome. That's so cool. So essentially what I'm saying is mm-hmm. you can turn this into a battle horn. A battle horn. But you have to spend time every day to carefully <laughs> carve it out to be one. Do you have proficiencies so and tools? I'd have to see. No. No, but I bet Philippos does. Um Yeah, I'd go find Philippos mm-hmm. and I say, what would I do to turn this into a horn? Not the horn it already is, but a battle horn. Uh, yeah, I have to do it in Australian accent now. <clears throat> um, forgive me, everyone. Right, uh, well, it would take a uh, steady hand and uh, some uh, simple carver's tools, which I have a spare set of, if you'd like. And yes, please. Are you trained in, in carpenting? I have whittle. Does that count? No. Uh, tell you what. You spend a little time with me, with me every night, and uh, I'll have you carving <coughs> over here in, in a jiffy. Sounds so essentially, good. what I'm saying is you can learn the mm-hmm. carpenter's skill if you work with Philippos every night, and then turn the horn into a battle horn. Okay, that'll be cool. Okay? Yeah. And you see, he sits down with you, and he pulls out his simple carver's tools. You see, he shows you a wide variety, a large set of tools that you see, you know, he obviously works with, like, on main mast and stuff, and meanwhile, like, his cousin is, like, frantically trying to stop the hole, like, in the, in the ship, you know what I mean? <laughs> and Philip is just like, yeah, okay, like, yeah, I'll, I'll show he's you. He's, like, showing me. Yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah. Just like, he's like, wait, I need that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, guys, guy, yeah, yeah, and so, like, his cousin is, like, 100% doing it by himself. But Philippos does, he, he shows you <laughs> the different sets of tools. He shows you the larger ones that are used for like ship work and things like that. And then he shows you like the smaller ones and, and, and the really sharp ones. And he gives you a couple simple carving ones on your own. And, he's, and he instructs you on some simple carves to do on like some scrap wood before you start carving a horn out. Um, I just get out like my sword and just like... <laughs> yeah, he's like, whoa! Um, and yeah, and then that night you've done your first... Lesson in learning how to, to use carpenter's tools. Sweet. That's cool. That's Is that okay? Cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. And with the Delphos Blow Decks, uh, learning how to be a carpenter from Philippos, Alondros leading or cl- and sort of ending things with, with singing and, and relevant top deck. Philosophy there, enjoy yourself. Callan stewing Blow Deck, trying to catch, catch some sleep. We turn to you. Would you like to do anything before this night closes? Yes. I find Orpheus below deck. Mm-hmm. Um, you go down and, and you see, as you go below deck, there are a few sailors attempting to sleep. And as you kind of look for Orpheus, roll me a perception check. You got a five. Perfect. So you look Just around right and you can't, you can't find him. And you kind of quietly, to not wake the sailors, um, but loud enough to, to carry in the ship. You call out, Orpheus. Orpheus. Come here, boy. Orpheus. And then out of nowhere, out of a dark corner, <coughs> you see catch just a flash of red eyes jump at you. And he's not attacking you. Right. He's practicing his pouncing and his stalking. And you see this, this, it is what is now the size of a small... Very, very small. More like the size of a cheetah. Like a small mountain lion. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's getting... Like a bobcat? He's been, yeah, like a bobcat. Putting on some pants. No, he, has, it, he used to be the size of like a medium to big size dog. Now he's like a large dog size. Because mm-hmm. um, it's been actually a couple weeks since you got him. 
He probably goes pretty quick. He's like a standard poodle. He jumps out at you. He doesn't quite knock you over, but kind of pounces on you and Uh and attaches onto you and then gets close to your face and is kind of growling and then licks your cheek and then hops down and sits and waits patiently. I muster a smile as he he licks my face. I would just, uh, you know, gesture him to follow me and we would walk up deck to to top deck, I guess. Mm. Um, Is anybody up there right now? Like the stern, like the very, very back stern cast, or just the normal top deck? Yeah, the top deck, just everywhere. Yeah. So there are various sailors asleep, none really too close to each other. You see Alondros is kind of wrapped up singing, and and men are starting to make, you know, their beds and, mm-hmm. and to sleep in them. But you can find a spot alone, again, at the front of the ship. It's pretty empty. Okay. Um, I'll just go wherever there's least the least amount of people. That'll be the front of the ship. The front of the ship. Yeah. And I'm 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 gonna wait till everyone's asleep. Till Alondros goes down. You do. There is somebody on watch on the stern castle, as as is always, there has to be. Mm-hmm. They don't pay much attention to you. I mean that's <coughs> seventy feet away. And on the front of the ship you wait several hours just sort of staring into the beauty of Nyx and you sort of hear the, the low murmur of chatter below and above deck slow until all you hear is the rise and fall of, of breathing. Most everybody is asleep. As I have this time to just be by myself and just think. Think about what's what's, what's happened in my situation. And I stare off into the night sky where there's the stars and the open sea. And you stare, knowing, being once a believer of Irois, and now following Mojus. The explanation for why Nyx is so pretty like this is because the legend has it that is the eternal battleground where Mojus and Iroas fight each other. And the clashes of their axe and shield and, and sword and spear, the sparks of them hitting each other, are actually what cast off this light and these stars. So you stare to where your god has been or where you would know him to be. Would there be any kind of like presence? Like, would I feel like I'm being watched? So you stare off into this this endless sea of stars, and you try to get a sense if Mojus is watching you, and where you have felt his gaze before, as more of a patron looking to a worker, someone they hired to do a job. You feel more distant. You feel less of a champion in service of a god and more of an all-powerful being almost aloof to the presence of this small mortal. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I do. I get it. I would just grip the deck and just begin speaking to myself and just bow my head down and what are we going to do Orpheus, I feel we're trapped, nowhere to go, betrayed by one, nothing but a pawn to the other, and then I would bend down and put his much now larger head in my hands and look him right in the eyes. This is the way of the commander, Orpheus. He waits. 
for his opportune moment. And then he strikes. They will rue this day. And I'll sit up there for a little bit longer. And I'll go to bed. So you you go to lay down. You actually find yourself begin to drift off near the bow of the ship, front of the ship. Um, Orpheus cuddling up next to you in his warmth and steady breathing, sort of keeping pace with yours. Um, and you're able to, to fall into a sleep. Um, in your s- sleep, you begin to dream. And in this dream, you see an altar. And you see the altar is in a sandstone. Fires are ablaze, lighting the area. But the altar is covered in blood. With the various different stains and colors, you can tell that it has been used as a place for sacrifices for a very long time. And you see the smoke from these fires, these torches on the walls, begin to collect into this crimson red tinted smoke around the altar in the faint shape of a minotaur with four horns, which you know to be Mugis. And you, though the shape is there, no mouth moves, but you can hear a voice. Upon, is that all you think of yourself, Theseus Rhododendron? I suppose the title fits, for pawns are fickle in their alliances and trade glory for those who would give them the cheapest power. Today was a warning. I see potential in you to move along the agenda of the gods. You can regain my favor but no such promise will be given again. If you fall short, you shall know the true wrath of the God of Chaos. And then the smoke begins to disperse and your dream fades. And pretty soon you begin to blink your eyes open to a sunrise. And we now are at the next day. As dawn begins to break, crew members begin to wake up, resting from their injuries and begin to make ready to set sail. And you see um, Rexenor comes and gathers each of you from where you're sleeping um, and says, I don't want to speak with you in the rear quarters. Okay. No um, objections. All of us? Head that way. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep, I head that way. Same. Okay. As you all begin to file in um, at different times, Rexenor brings up the rear. And in this rear quarters, it is... Rexenor, U5, Iodorna, and Hyxis. And they are standing around the table that is there with maps and charts out. <laughs> you see that Iodorna is leaning on the table with her arms wide, sort of staring, and looks up at you when you enter and says, Oh good, you're all awake then. I guess the question is now, what do we do? Where do we go? Well, good question. I believe we were, as, as I kind of look around for um, agreeance from the party, 
I believe that we were uh, going to the the tree. Is that correct? Supposed. The supposed tree. Um, I don't know if anybody knows where it is. You see, Hicks pipes up and says, ah, <clears throat> "Well." People suspect that it is uh, to the northwest, um, residing at the edge of the world, where the water pours off into the underworld, and whatever doesn't goes off into the Nyx. Um, but other than that, no one really knows. Um, there have been a few sailors that claim to make it to their shores, but some say that those are just myth. So, if we want to sail that way, we can. We are essentially going into uncharted territory. As you see, he kind of gestures to a... Um, very large blank space in this map of, of known Theros. And on the edges, you know, there are different drawings of different monsters <coughs> and things. Well, how was your cartography skill then? <laughs> Superb, he says <laughs> as he kind of like pushes his glasses up. So I drew these monstrosities myself. They look excellent. Thank you. You will be needing them as we Fill in the blanks. It's well, a gesture to the map. Hopefully. Hopefully. Could we have a map to look at? Yeah. I uh, turn to Hyksus, mm. and I would ask him, do you know anything about Atlantis? You see, he kind of furrows his brow. Is it, is it a real place? Um, in myth, it is. And whether that myth is history, I'm not sure. I mean, that's how our stories go in Theros, you know. Everyone knows about that hero that vanquished the Hydra. Does he do, do they remember his name? No, they just remember the feet. Everyone knows of the great attacks happening on, on Melitus from cruel, monstrous sea creatures. And people know the exact dates or what creatures they were. Possibly not. As you know, much of our history is distorted. By myth and fable. So an answer, it's it's hard to tell. And putting this map down. And so what I said earlier is your choices are you can kind of go like in a south, southeasterly direction and maybe hit some, some unknown islands. Um, or some islands that are known but not much about. Or you can continue heading sort of like a west-northwest bearing to get to the edge of the ocean. Which was alluded to in one of the documents you found in the... Yep. In the temple of the unknown god, where you thought that there was a place your beast. So essentially, our options are we dip a little down and maybe hit a few islands, or we go straight through open to ocean. Through what you yeah. think is open ocean, because there could be stuff like that. There could be islands, but it's just uncharted. Yeah. Just nobody knows. And that is also allegedly, and you know this, where the hair of Clothis resides in the ocean. Where you also know that Apollonia went to. I find it pertinent to tell you all that Vaxor's last words to me were that I will find care in answers at Atlantis. And though he was attempting to kill me, he was not one who would have lied to me. I have to choose to believe him in his dying breath. So, however, that I have no idea what that entails or how that is of importance. 
how does one even find Atlantis? I don't know, but care. He was he's the leader of the overseers. He must have found a way, at least I'm assuming. Being from Melitus and being around a lot of Tritons, would I ever have heard anything pertaining to Atlantis? Oral history check. So what did you get? Does a twelve. I won't get you much. Okay. So, so if you like count that as a fail. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Fifteen. You being in the circle of philosophers, having gone to the university, having played in pubs and, and been down by the docks, you've heard of a lot of a lot of myths. A lot of myths. Um lots of legends that have happened all over Theros. But as you begin to recall, Alondros, a couple different things. That Atlantis used to be part of its its own large civilization on an island out here in the Siren Sea. And that they they became very prideful um, and began to sort of mock the gods, especially Heliod, which is sort of like the chief of the gods. Um, and in retribution, he smote the island with his spear. And it then sunk to the bottom of the sea. The legends have been told that it holds vast amounts of wealth, possibly vast amounts of unknown knowledge that has been lost to the ages, ones that could change the entire world. And some say that it's nothing more than a, uh, a fable warning cities to revere the gods or face the punishment. But you've also heard that the only true person that knows the location of or how to get to Atlantis are two people. Thassa, which is the goddess of the ocean and the sea and the tides, and Crufix, because he records everything that happens with the gods. Um, and he is the god of like space and time, and so he kind of and it's his tree that we're going to, right? It's Crufix's oh. tree that you are trying to find. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'll kind of recap this um, to them and say that um, I've heard tales of many a people talking about Atlantis and its location. It's supposedly somewhere out in these seas. Um, it was... Sunk by the god Helius. Heliod. Heliod. Um, But supposedly the only ones who know of its location is the the goddess Thalassa. Or what? what, Thassa. The goddess Thassa or the god... I'm like, I knew! I've always known. Or um, Crufix. Um... I assume that this was mostly a cautionary tale um, said by others to to warn them of, of the gods' wrath, but being that, that your friend, Callan, potentially has been there before, I guess this proves that theory wrong. Um, but I have no way of I don't think there is any way of us 
truly knowing where it is unless we've been there or we speak to one of these gods. But mm. we can always try. See what happens. I don't know how it pertains to anything else that we are getting shipped off to do. Idorna interrupts and she says, I agree with that. I mean, isn't our job to find Apollonia? However, she says after letting that question sit for a second, could we expect another attack? Will the overseers continue to follow us wherever we may go on the sea? They most certainly won't give up, but I don't expect to see them for a good while. Can you be sure? About as sure as any of the stories that we tell to each other. So not very. Not <laughs> But <laughs> we, did, we did sink the obtainer. And that is, without a doubt, a massive blow to them. And the fact that Baxor is <coughs> now deceased will... One infuriate care. He's going not. He will not give up. I'm, he's going to. I. It's just hard for me to believe that they are willing to sacrifice such resources and manpower for. And she looks at you, Philosa, for a, a single triton. Do you know why? So the. What makes them want you so badly? I don't know. And she turns and looks at you, Cal, and says, And do you know why? Um, you said you were once a part of them? Or someone yes, in the uh, mentioned mentioned that you knew their tactics? Is that... Are you an overseer? I was until... A couple months ago. And you see she kind of looks shocked and kind of wary. And you see she kind of rests a hand on her sword. You see Rexenor kind of looks a little uneasy. And Hyksis kind of like puts up his hands. He's like, whoa, okay. You see, Iodorna says, The tales I've heard, it's the kind of brotherhood you can never leave. That death is the only way out. Yes, I imagine that till the end of my days, they will, if not destroyed, that they will hunt me. And yes, I was a part of them. I was honestly quite high in the ranks. Care was my mentor, and I was his right-hand man. I was fine with running gambling halls and smugglings, and though I got many offers to take hit stones, and I pull out a hit stone and kind of show you all. I... It never sat right with me, and I never took one. And... One day, Care came to me with a contract to kidnap a young girl. <coughs> Thalassa Okeanos. There was no information as to why the overseers wanted her, or even who had hired 
us to kidnap her, but there was information on how to find her, and that she was to be brought in alive. Assuming? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Oh. And you um, see, Idona is very uneasy by this. Just to make her a little more comfortable, I'm just... And I just, like, take my rapiers out with just, like, one finger. And as and you do, like, she, she becomes a little more tense and actually, like, draws just, her blade a little I'm bit. just setting them... I don't want to put anybody on edge. It's not what I'm here for. And I drop oh, my so. weapons. I pull out <laughs> all daggers. Every, I unload all my daggers from my boots. And it's my, a lot. It's, like, it's a it's lot. Like, you it's, know, it is. It the is scene several. from Throne of the Rings. Yes. When he finally Correct. just, like... Yes. Yeah, literally. Um, I would take off everything... Everything. Um, oh my! She says that well, could inflict damage, except for these guns. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and even though while she does that, she kind of looks at the four of you <clears throat> remaining: Theseus, Adelphos, Alondros, and Velasa. And she says, "The overseers—they're no laughing matter. I mean, think of pirates, but but worse: pirates of a brotherhood, a code." Growing up on the seas, having piloted ships my entire life, all I've known is you can never trust anyone affiliated with the overseers. And she kind of like looks at Callan. That's honestly sound advice. Are we going to have a problem? What do you mean? We hired you to do a job. Would you like to leave? When the organization that sends two ships after a crew I'm chartered to protect hired someone amongst us to kidnap another? Does that not seem strange to you? All I'm saying is, how did they find us? It could have been him. How do we know that he's not working for them? Because that's not in his nature. Well, How long have you known him? What about the zone of truth? Long enough. Yes, we. If 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 you do, if if uh, if I may speak, um, on on a few bases, um, if you remember at the beginning of this, we found a spy amongst your crew, and we dealt with him, and he was giving information to the overseers. We believe that he was the only one, and he has been taken care of with I believe you helped um I can't remember yeah I'm pretty sure we killed him yeah we We killed him him. Um, he killed himself somebody killed him yeah he killed himself himself. yeah I didn't even kill him somebody he killed himself (laughs) he ended he ended himself yes um and and then with with that information as well as um, the fact that um, Callan was the one who saved us yesterday. You said it yourself that without his help, we all would have been died, would, all, would have been killed. Is that not enough to just loosen the ropes of trust just a little bit? Roll a persuasion check. Ooh. With advantage. I'll say with advantage. Oh boy. Don't you have, like, really good persuasion? Yeah. 
That's a 24. Okay. Hope like that. You see, she continues to narrow her eyes and looks wary. And she looks to Theseus and she says, You're right. I was hired to do a job. And I am just trying to do that job as best I can. And she looks at you, Alondros, and says, For now, you can trust him. And that's all we ask. Innocent until proven guilty. But still doesn't answer the question of what is our next steps. Because if we are truly going to be plagued by these overseers our entire journey at sea, I would rather end, snip it in the bud, rather, than feel like we have to look over our shoulders as we journey into unknown places. But it's entirely up to you. You are the ones that chartered the ship, she says, kind of coyly at at Theseus. And coin is good regardless of what stupid decisions it may fund. I just kind of look around at Theseus, Adelphos, Alondros, and lastly, Thalassa. And keeping eye contact with (laughs) Thalassa, but speaking to all of them. I say, I am so sorry that you are, for some reason or the other, involved with this group that I have spent much of my life serving. I don't know why they want you, but I adorn us right. They will not stop unless we either cut the head off the snake or... Or something else that someone else comes up with. Find Atlantis. Simple task, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just about as hard as every other myth. And I mean, it's, it sounds like it's almost being, you know, right ahead of us. I mean, if we go to the, the island of Crufix, if Crufix is how we find Atlantis... And then on the way, we somehow wander upon the magical hair of of Clothis, you know, that pretty sweet, too. I say we go to Crufix. Or we sail off the edge of the world and we all die in a blaze of glory. And you see Hyksis interrupts and he goes, Oh, I should have never taken this contract. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but imagine how great... Your glory and fame will be for the short couple years that everybody remembers it until it becomes legend. Think about the maps. He kind of takes off his glasses and rubs his eyes and looks very skeptical and he says, Well then, to the edge of the earth. To the edge of the earth. I definitely think that we should stop at an island though and try and repair ship a little bit. Absolutely. If we're gonna really go to the edge of this. Yes, I'd like to have a... <clears throat> I'd like to have a fully working ship if we're going to fight off who knows what. <laughs> will we have to... Edge. Will it be smarter to go to an island that that we know exists? Or, I mean, it sounds like there possibly could be some islands along the way. They, I mean, it is uncharted. Territory. I doubt that it's going to be a straight shot right to where we're headed. At least make some progress along the way. For what it's worth, um, 
if any of you do feel uncomfortable with my loyalty or my honesty, I would be more than happy to do the zone of truth and to allow all of you to ask me any questions you see fit. And you see, Iodorna kind of puts her hands on the table and she says, a direction. That's what we need. What direction is the tree in? The tree is west. What? Known islands or south. Right, I just couldn't remember because we talked about so many. <laughs> I vote we try to hit an island, personally. Um, we just kind of dip down, hit an island. To repair. Yeah, yes. to repair. Be, simply just to repair. Yeah, it's the matter of, of you would essentially be adding potentially... And Hixus explains this. He says, well, it's not as simple as just dipping down. It's actually quite some distance we need to cover. Um, there are a few known islands in the Siren Sea, but it has been known to possibly shift at times, the islands themselves. And so that's not a guaranteed fact. You're looking at putting an additional week or two or three onto an already unknown length of journey heading west. So you... Hold on. We know that the islands exist. Yes. But they shift? From time to time. Asa enjoys her her creativity in the oceans. She enjoys the changes and, and the flow of things. And whether or not she's in control of this movement of the islands, we don't know. There are some that are pretty well recorded and are in the Pretty reasonable space, but it will add significant time. And from what I understand, the repairs that need to be done to the ship can be made. We may be a little short on supplies to repair the ship, but if Crewfix's Isle does indeed exist, I'm sure we could restock there. As long as the god's okay with us taking his stuff. Ooh, true. Then... And Hixus says, but... We won't take it from his tree. It'll be other trees, smaller <laughs> and, ones. And Hixus says, you know, trees. it is, you know, we have been... The longer we are at sea, the more we get paid. So frankly, it doesn't matter to me what you choose. One, two, three weeks. That is a lot of time. Yes, but... Would it be worth refilling supplies in a known place or hoping that we have enough in unknown? Do we just need wood for the like repair the ship, or are there other supplies we need? No, it's pretty much just wood. I mean, you've only been two days on your journey, and you have two months worth of food, right? Mm-hmm. And so literally, <coughs> it's just like, well, like you've got definitely enough to make your repairs now, but if you were to get pretty heavily damaged in another battle, then you'd be scarce to get it to full health again. Okay. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, yeah. So maybe but wood can be salvaged from anywhere. Is our you know what I mean? Food like wood stored in crates. Yeah. So could we not just empty some of that and use the wood? I mean, if you want to, you don't need to right now. Yeah, I mean, like I'm if just worse comes to worse. But I mean, like if your if your mask is damaged, like you have to get like a large tree right. from an right. island, right? Okay, yeah. But again, there's, anyway, so or like ores or yeah. But right now, everything's ores fine. Are good, right? All, your yeah. ores are fine. You have extra ores, right? I'm, yeah, I'm talking like I mean, if we get attacked if by a kraken or something, oh, right? Crap. I'm not or gonna want those like, aren't actually real. <laughs> Everyone knows right. that. Don't want to like it's just a myth. be rowing with a single oar. Like yeah, like <laughs> a broken, a broken oar or something. Yeah. 
We have we have enough to make the repairs now. We will be a That's, little little low on, on wooden on, on things to repair the ship after, but other than that, our supplies are in tip top shape. And and what supplies that we would get from an island, we would salvage from any island. We'd chop down some trees, um, take down their barks and, and delim them. It'd be enough to go again. So delim them. I like the sound of that. My vote is we just go west. I agree. Agree. After hearing that. I'm with West. All right. You see Adona nods, and she says, we'll get right on it. She goes out and starts barking orders at the crew again, and you begin to feel the ship move and begin to catch speed and pick up speed. And you see Hyksis looks nervously at the blank space that is the western side of this sea chart, and even more nervously at the monsters that he's drawn there, including a kraken. And as you begin your journey, you feel the wind catch the sails, and the Valiant makes its way again, with the sun at its back, headed for unknown waters. And that's where we're in this session. Nice! Goodness. Alright, thanks for joining us, everybody, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye! We love you! Later! love everything D&D? Be sure to subscribe to our TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube for updates. We're also on Patreon, and for only two bucks a month, you can get loads of exclusive content, including our after show. Thanks, and as always, we'll catch you next week on PG D&D.